Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time it is that you Inky Savages are joining us for episode number 175 of the Penboy Roy Pentertainment Podcast. Today, I have such an exciting episode for you today. I said today so many times. I'm really excited. But today we have a very special guest. The guest is Mr. Chris Lee, spelled C-R-E-E-E-S Lee, common spelling. Now, he is a comic book artist for Marvel Comics, as well as some many other independent comic books out there. If you're a comic book collector, you may or may not know, he is the artist for a new series called The Tiger Division. Tiger Division is a new series of comic books, the miniseries, five issues, and I'm really excited because we talked to him about his journey through the arts and what he has done, how he's done it, etc. It's a really excellent episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. But first, we have to do our sponsorships. Please check out the Gold Spot affiliate link in the description below and use coupon code LUCY at checkout for an additional savings on all products on the Gold Spot website. Also, luxury brands, and I really want to show you this, is distributing these pen cases here. They're made of genuine leather and they are certainly some of the more beautiful pen cases that I've ever seen. And for what they are, they're very inexpensive. This here is a three pen case. This is a zippered leather case. And then over here we have a different type of leather that is also zippered. This one holds a way, a boatload more of pens. Excellent pen cases. I hope you guys check them out online, wherever it is you buy pens. And I think Goldspot's carrying them. I don't have Tom here for the sponsorship reads. Don't worry, he will be here for the interview with Crease. But these pen cases, are the best pen cases you can get for the money made of actual leather, not fake pleather that a lot of companies use and nowadays make and charge a lot of money for. These pen cases are not like that. They're actual leather, they're handmade, they're really well stitched, they got nice zippers. Like for example, this one has a nice big fat zipper, you open it up, it has credit card slots over here, it has a notebook slot over here on the other side. You got your pen cases and stuff like that, and whatever this is, I'm not sure what that is. Excellent pen case. I hope you guys check it out. I hope you like the episode coming up. But before we get started, I want to give you guys a quick disclaimer. This podcast is not scripted and therefore will contain potty mouth words. Really just from me, not really even then. It was a great interview. I hope you guys really enjoyed it. The Pet Boy Roy Entertainment Podcast. Stage seven. Today I am super crazy excited. 174. Really excited because today, like I said, we have a special guest. It is Mr. Chris Lee, spelled C-R-E-E-E-S Lee. Lee, common spelling. He can be found on Instagram at Chris Art, at C-R-E-E-E-S-A-R-T. Check him out. He is a Marvel Comics artist who is responsible for many awesome titles and artwork for many awesome titles in the Marvel lineup, such as the newly released Tiger Division. So, Chris, Tom <laughs> and I you. have been talking about this. We are so excited that you are here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? How did you get into drawing comic books? First of all, how old are you? I'm 30. 30? Yeah. Awesome. Spring chicken. Spring chicken. So <laughs> <Yes>. young. <laughs> so, we met because you're here at the Grey Cafe, one of our favorite cafes on the planet Earth, where they make one of the greatest matcha lattes. Tom, what do you think of your matcha latte? It's good so far. Good it's so my far. first uh, matcha latte ever. Right. So, oh, okay. um, yeah, I've not been experienced to this. It, it, ha it tastes green. Right. Yes. Right. It Whatever looks green, green and it like. tastes like green. Yes. Right. So, my wife and I were here, 
And I was just ordering my matcha latte. It's a good caffeine content. It doesn't give you the crackhead jitters. Mm -hmm. So I saw this young man sitting there drawing, and I'm looking at the drawings, and I'm thinking, holy cow, this guy is not doing this as a hobby. So I obnoxiously went up to him, <laughs> and I was like, hey, do you draw comics for a living? Turns out he's a comic book artist. And I was really interested in hearing your story, mm -hmm. how you at 30 years old became a comic book artist. Did you know that you wanted to be a comic book artist as a kid? Um, so I originally wanted to be in animation, because uh -huh. uh, I grew up watching a lot of like the, you know, TV shows, like cartoons, like the Batman animated series, a lot of cartoon awesome. stuff. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. It, I, want, I drew a lot as a kid. I didn't know I wanted to be in the arts, like vi visual arts until late high school. Okay. Um, How old were you then? Probably. Ooh, uh, 16, 17 maybe? 16, yeah, 17. Yeah, I wanted to originally actually pursue music. Music? Yeah. Wow, that's your forte. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah I have a okay. bachelor's degree in, in music. But, uh, yeah, but I you, you wanted to pursue music in high school, but before yeah. that you actually had interest in art. Did you have any actual formal training in art up until when you got to this point in your Not life really. in high school? No. Okay. Um, it was just drawing for fun. Everything was drawing yeah. for fun. Um, like whenever I had free time, it was either like games or drawing. Mm -hmm. And then, um, yeah. And then I actually wanted to like pursue cello. Oh. And then I realized I wasn't that good. Um, <laughs> like I know like the level you have to kind of be at right. to, you know, do it for a living. And I was like nowhere close. And then I was like, you know, drawing is like something I'm like pretty decent at and you know, really enjoyed doing. And then um, my friend in high school actually introduced me to comics. And then I was like, oh, it's really cool that like one artist kind of does like the whole book. Mm -hmm. Whereas like in animation, I feel like it's like all kind of spread out and this harder. Mm -hmm. In my mind, it was like, um, if you want to become successful in the arts, you have to like get well known mm -hmm. and uh, kind of connected those two things. And so I was like, well, comics, like, you're doing the whole book, your name is on the front. So, mm -hmm. like, that was very appealing to me. And I was, like, drawing superheroes, like, the whole time. So, right. really, like, yeah, that was really cool for me. And then... What would be, like, one of the first, like, superheroes that you really attached to and felt, like, the connection with? Probably Batman. Batman? Batman, because the animation, the animated series was just, like, something I watched a lot. And is this the one with the, I think Mark Hamill was the Joker? Yeah, yeah. the Bruce Wayne like, version. Yeah, 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 that's good stuff. Um, and then like the Justice League, and then Justice League Unlimited. Uh, mm -hmm. Those are like things I grew up watching a lot of. And then, um, yeah, and then my high school friend introduced me to like Jim Lee. Right. And then he was like, oh, there's a, there's a Korean guy that draws comics. And he's like, really good. And, then, and he was like oh, the <laughs> most popular yeah. artist of the big. 90s. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So for everybody who's listening or watching who doesn't know, can you just explain to everybody who Jim Lee is? Um, Jim Lee, so from what I know, he got very big selling, uh, drawing the Uncanny X-Men with mm -hmm. Chris Claremont, I believe, in the early 90s. It was the first comic book to sell over a million copies. Mm -hmm. And then uh, he was just one of, what is it, like the godfathers of comics. Mm -hmm. And um, him and then a group of other artists created Image later on, and then, yeah. And he's right. like the, the, the president of DC Comics or something like that, mm -hmm. so, yeah. So were you a, f a fan of Jim Lee's work after he left Marvel and went to Image Comics? Because I know that 
Jim Lee, Mark Silvestri, Eric Larson, Todd McFarlane, Jim Valentino, right? Am I missing anybody? Uh, Rob, Rob Liefeld. Rob Liefeld. Right. They all left um, their jobs at Marvel Comics and DC Comics, and they established this brand called Image Comics. So after Jim Lee had left Marvel Comics, were you following Jim Lee's new line of comics, The Wildcats? No, so I actually didn't really know anything. Until, like, the first Jim Lee stuff I read was Batman Hush. Okay. So it was much later. Mm -hmm. um, and I actually never read his X-Men. Oh, yes? <laughs> uh, it was just like, I, I started getting into comics like late high school and then really collected and started reading um, when I started going to college. Mm -hmm. So it was the Marvel Now and the New 52. Mm -hmm. So those were like when I started like started reading a lot and then like kind of you have to remember it. he's like he's he's a, he's a decade younger yeah. no no no, no. <laughs> he's not half he's not, half. <laughs> not he's about a decade younger so it's kind of yeah. like he was into more like probably like Pokemon and stuff and like we were more like oh yeah. Thundercats and you know that kind of stuff so, right yeah so it seems to it seems to me that based on what you're you're saying when you were in high school you were introduced to comics and I I feel like and correct me if I'm wrong mm -hmm. it's accurate to if it's fair to say that you were inspired by the art of comics more so than comics itself in yeah. terms of story and yeah. stuff like that yeah yeah okay and at this point in time you still had no formal training mm -hmm. you just drew for fun yeah you're I mean so, I took art classes mm -hmm. junior and senior year of high school mm -hmm. but that was because I wanted to like pursue art okay I needed to make a portfolio for college. what kind of art classes were able to get you from where you were to where you are now I think college had the biggest uh, impact oh okay yeah because that was specifically art school oh where'd you go um, to so art I school? went to school of visual arts and that's um, like the primo school to go to right New York for for comics yeah, for, yeah well for illustration and yeah. lots of lots of other you know like anything that's visual painting and things like that it's a it's a very very good school but i'm assuming in order to get in you have to have some sort of a established portfolio before you get in, oh yeah mm -hmm. right so like you can't suck going in so <laughs> no. how did you unsuck before you went in or are you just one of those kids who were just always talented and then you were good enough to get in without any sort of formal training it's i don't know i don't know if it's like Okay, great. I was better than the average person at right. my age when right. I was drawing, but because I always drew, like, for fun. He doesn't right. know that on this show, I'm the most arrogant prick on the planet. Yeah, <laughs> modesty so is being left yeah. at the door right. he, when it comes so, to the... So let me just translate what he said. He was good. He was good. He was good. Yes. That was okay. Even though everybody, <laughs> this is the modesty part. He was really good, so he was talented didn't really have any formal training so he pursued formal training by going into the top tier school for art so that's a story that sounds like someone who is already good and then became great how many years were you in what year did you go to college um so that was 18 to 22 21 uh -huh. to four years okay just like straight from 11 uh, 2011 to 2015 that's cool and how yeah. much would you say that the training that you got in college and how much did that affect how your skill set is right now because I'm looking at this right here and you know so, some <laughs> your stuff is so good Thank you. <laughs> I, it's almost like witchcraft like <laughs> like this is this is beyond just like hey I like drawing no this is this is insane nice. that cat woman right there 
So where, like, um, say you didn't go to school. That's a recent one, right? That was, uh... I just finished it yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing it on your Instagram. Yeah. It was was in the pencil version. Yeah. So what what did you learn in school that got you to this point? There's a a lot of things I learned. Uh, I think one of the most important things in college that um, had one of the biggest impacts in my, like, abilities to draw was, like, the anatomy anatomy classes. Mm -hmm. Um, I never really had proper anatomy classes before then and mm-hmm. that was like live nude model drawings and stuff like every week oh nice and um <laughs> that's not not like the kind no no roy no it's oh. not it's it's definitely not it's not sexy time for that oh. no <laughs> okay. it's just basically like you're, you're sitting and and they don't tend to pick like the most like attractive so type. they're not yeah. getting yeah. like like a elizabeth olsen no they're not like, no they're not going to the you know gotcha. yeah. all right so so anatomy classes were <laughs> yeah. really important obviously yeah right and um, continue oh yeah so i mean it was just a lot of uh practice drawing like their muscles or just like people in different angles mm-hmm. poses and it was honestly just kind of trying like a lot of repetition and then just uh getting used to drawing like the human body and you know in comics you have to draw people in different angles poses like multiple times on one page Mm -hmm. and so i think that helped a tremendous amount in my like ability to draw people and um one of my professors that i have to name is uh klaus jansen klaus jansen he was the inker for one of like the dark knight returns with frank miller Mm, he did a ton of daredevil stuff um early marvel years and uh punisher stuff and batman stuff um, he was my first, like, so first year of college, it was a, what was it, a foundation year? Mm-hmm. So it was just, like, painting, drawing, um, I don't know, what is it? Know, just sculpture. Like, yeah, sculpture. Like, graphic design. Just, like, a little bit of everything. Yeah. And then starting my sophomore year was, like, the focus for cartooning comics. Mm-hmm. And Klaus was my first teacher and taught me, like, everything I know about comics. Wow. And he, like, destroyed me. The first class, because you know, I came in thinking like, "Oh yeah, I love like drawing like all these crazy panels," and he's like, "This doesn't make sense." And mm-hmm. then I had to learn like, you know, the the formal way, like like ground up on how to draw comics, and it was just he was such a good teacher, and mm-hmm. like yeah, I see him now, and it's just like great talking to him, like going to cons and just seeing him. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you still keep in touch with yeah, his yeah. Instructor. He's one of the only professors I actually keep in touch with. Mm. Um, but yeah, he had a great impact in like wow all my drawing stuff so in career i guess you know when you talk about art you from what i'm picking up and correct me if i'm wrong you talk about sketching and penciling mm-hmm. almost separately from inking mm-hmm. how different are the two aspects of putting art onto a page um, right like this is inked catmulling yeah it started off as a sketch that looks like pencils, right? Like something closer to this. Yeah. It's not as clean and sharp. Uh-huh. So after you get this, which by the way looks amazing, <laughs> is there is it a different skill set, or do you think it's a different art to go from pencils into the I, inks? I think, um, yeah, it's it's different because uh, the tools that you use will create different types of lines. There's different ways of like shading. You could cross edge. You can just do like solid blacks, you can use gray tones, you ink wash. There's so many different styles and ways of inking that mm-hmm. it does affect the final look of the art. And so when you look at, let's say like Jim Lee and like Scott Williams and Alex and Claire, like that trio, 
you have a certain look to it, but if you had someone else inking Jim Lee's pencils, mm -hmm. it'll look completely different. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, so they did like a um, experiment, I think, where they had this is kind of different, but like 50 different colorists color over uh, like Jim Lee and Scott Williams's line work, and they just all look so different from mm -hmm. each other. And it's like similar to that, where like the inking styles can change the art. Oh wow! And so you said line work. What is that referring to? Line work meaning um, the pencils or the the inks? How did I? How did I mention line work? Like inking over you the line. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the pencils. Yeah. So the pencils is the yeah. line work. I see. Okay, so, that's cool. Yeah, and then like I've had some people ink over my work professionally, and it just even though like I know how I'm gonna ink over like a certain like my own pencils, when I give that to somebody else, they read it a little differently. So they'll read the oh. uh, cross hatching a little differently, and just like the line widths and like the thickness of the line, like um, those are all like different. Wow. And I just it can look similar, mm -hmm. but if you look closely, it looks different enough. Like this, the skeleton is there, like yeah. the structure of it, the the layout, the you know, the, the dynamic, you know, shapes and things. But yeah. it could be, it like emphasis could be read on certain areas that you didn't initially intended it for exactly. to be out there. Yeah. Mm. So just for everybody watching or listening, if you don't understand, it, it's rather it's important to understand that when it comes to pencils and inking, the inks. The inker's job, the guy who goes over the pencils, his job isn't just to trace the pencils. There's an actual despite, skill. Despite Chasing Amy, which was a famous uh, comic book related movie from Kevin Smith, where he was talking about that inkers just trace. Uh, There's, it's, it's, it's pretty fan. You, you should yeah. definitely check it out. It's, it's a I've never seen. Yeah, it. it's, a, it's a fun, right. fun movie. I don't um, think they like. The word trace. No, that's yeah. Right. Yeah, it, was, it was used in a very derogatory yeah. way that right. then spurred a fight. It was it was funny. Yeah. Right. So there's there's more to the inker. So I would say the inker's job is just as critical as the penciler's job. So having said that, though, I know that you do your own pencils and you do your own inks. Is that because you prefer to have the look ultimately as you see it, or is it? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, yeah, I think starting early on too, I was like very particular in how I wanted, you know, my art to look, and even I'm, I think I'm pretty OCD with my art too. So it's like right. if I see like one line just like a little messed up, that'll like bother me. So if mm -hmm. I have someone else ink it, and then mm -hmm. you see yeah, that later, and then I can't tell them to like change everything or something like that. Right. It, so I, I'd rather just do it, and then it's like. Even with the colors now, um, I think I'm trying to learn how to color better so mm -hmm. I can color the way I want it to be colored mm -hmm. instead of you know, having somebody else color. But then wow. there's like timing issues, it takes a lot longer. Right, because you, you do a lot of work. Every time I see you, you're working and you're not wasting <laughs> time, you know? And which is why I really appreciate you coming on the show because oh, no, this is, you know, this is really, I know how busy you are and he I, keeps the X-rated stuff in the back. Right. So. <laughs> that's, why, that's why you're looking. No, so I want to talk it's a little bit. One page off. Talk, <laughs> one more. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about your experience, right? So I, I'm I'm interested in to, in to, in knowing because we have a common. We both come from Korean American mm -hmm. families. We're both Korean American. We come from families. Or second generation, I'm assuming. You're assuming first generation. First generation. Yeah, kind you were of born in the U.S. No, I was born in Korea, but basically it came like yeah, was born. Okay, so you're first generation. So yeah. I know how my parents are. I told them I want to be an artist, and they're like, 
we'd rather you be dead. You have to be a doctor or a lawyer, right? That kind of thing. What kind of experience did you, like, how was it for you growing up telling your parents? So I found out my parents didn't know I applied to art school. Mm -hmm. uh, I went to boarding school for high, middle school and high school. Mm -hmm. And so obviously when I was applying to colleges, I was away. And I thought I told them, but... Um, yeah, they, they found out later yeah, when I was shocking. like visiting schools and uh -huh. it was just like all art schools. I did apply to Stony Brook as like a backup, right? but I got rejected from them. <laughs> um, Turned out yeah. for the better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, they were they were fine. Oh, they everything. were supportive yeah. of that? Yeah. My parents both did music too, oh, so okay. they're both kind of like in the arts oh, in a cool. way. Um, Where did they go to school? I don't know the exact name, but I know they went to Italy for a conservatory. Hmm. Italy or Germany? Oh, okay. uh, one of those. Yeah. oh wow so they were so. both your parents being both musicians that have hands deep in the art so mm -hmm. they supported you when yeah how did how how so you graduated in 2021 2015 2015 yeah. oh okay why do i think 2021 <laughs> uh, i don't know <laughs> okay. how long after you graduated the school of visual arts in 2015 did it take for you to get your first paying job as an first. artist so in, like during the last two years of school, um, I had like two buddies that were very, uh, I guess, driven, mm -hmm. uh, like same way I was, and we kind of teamed up to like do these conventions. There was one called Mocha Fest in the city, right. uh, Museum of Comic and Cartoon Art, mm -hmm. and they held like a convention, and we got a table, split like a six foot table between the three of us, mm -hmm. and we're like squeezed in together, like selling our art. And then um, that was junior year, and we did that senior year. And then um, right after school, I looked up conventions, like local conventions in New York, and I found like Eternal Con, which is like one in Long Island. And then I just started to look up a bunch of different local cons that I can go to because I found that a lot of comic artists go to these cons mm -hmm. to make business, Network, yeah, yeah right. make uh, make connections like work wise and like sell their work. Like, yeah, it's a good opportunity just like all over. And um, yeah, I started doing conventions like almost immediately. Mm -hmm. I think Eternal Con at the time was in June and I graduated in May. Mm -hmm. So it was like one month after. Nice. I had stuff that uh, I made during school and like in the, in the like my free time, I guess. Um, I made prints and like whatever and tried to sell all that stuff. And then when I was there, I was taking commissions. Mm -hmm. And then all of those things helped me kind of just to like post on my Instagram, kind of advertise myself. And then that lit, like led to other people reaching out for commissions. Cool. Yeah, mm -hmm. and like slowly I started like doing live streaming on Twitch. Uh, I think that was like that, like September or October or something. And then people on Twitch would ask me to do commissions. And then, so like paid work, if you count commissions, it was like almost immediate. Mm -hmm. um, but then first published gig, I think wasn't until like 2018, okay. I think. And it was like late 2018. And at the time I was actually thinking like, if I don't get like a comic gig, I might have to like rethink how I'm approaching this. Mm -hmm. right, right. And then like a month, I gave myself until the end of that year. And then like, I think in like November, I got a message on Instagram. Oh, asking wow. if I could work on the book. What was nice. the book that you got at the end of 2018? It's hard to um, advertise this because I'm not a big fan of their company anymore. Oh, but, okay. Uh, it was Captain Canuck. Um, okay, never heard of it. Yeah. I don't know if 
I'm guessing a Canadian superhero. Yeah, um, it was a it was a company in Canada, and mm -hmm. they don't they don't pay well. Oh, I see. <laughs> but it was they don't pay was, well. It's not that they don't pay well. They don't pay on time. Uh, and I think that like I had to track them down. Oh wow! To get paid. That, and it took over knows. like two years. Yeah. yeah, that's no good. Yeah, that's no good. That's the that's the business aspect of things. And I mean, you were used to dealing with a lot of people individually with doing commissions. Yeah. And usually, people who are doing commissions, they're like. I will give you any sum of money to make something that beautiful. Yeah. But like then a publisher is kind of like behind a business aspect and it's like, oh, we need an artist to make this book. It's like, well, artists, oh, whatever, give them a few shekels and let them, <laughs> you know. Well, just, just people may not know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. what, do you, what do you mean when you say commissions? Okay, so commissions are like more personal. Um, so it's just like if you were interested, like you could, um, if you wanted an image of Captain America, okay, right, then I have a price list of like size, like paper size, so mm -hmm. it's like nine by twelve or like eleven by seventeen, mm -hmm. and then you can get like a head, like a bust, which is like waist up, and then or like a full body, show. okay, and then I think you can kind of say it's like gambling almost because you don't know how it's going to turn out, mm -hmm. but you know my art, so you kind of have like an idea right. of what it will be, but yeah, um, yeah, if, let's say you wanted like a full body Captain America, then. I would draw you something and then, yeah, you well, pay me and then I'll give it to you. To put it in the context of people who enjoy fountain pens, is that if, let's say, you were buying just a off-the-shelf, you know, regular, like, let's say, Edison versus a customized one that you would buy directly from oh, the company, yeah. where you say, I would like this material, I would like this type of nib, tune it to being like seven tenths wetness right and you know have it be tapered here and put like a drag and roll stop on it it's just you would be able to customize it whatever way that you want mm -hmm. to that's cool can you yeah. talk a little bit about your experience in terms of so you went from this captain crunch what's the name of the, the, the canuck, canuck, captain, <laughs> yes, canuck right so you captain went from crunch. him and then how long after when did you start working for marvel comics oh marvel was two years ago Okay, yeah. so 2021, about. I think so. Right? Yeah. Okay. What was that like? Like, how do you get your foot into the door working for Marvel? So, so I've been going to cons, like, doing comic-related stuff for eight years now. Right. Mm -hmm. And I've been going to cons for, like, that long. So, um, every time I went to a con, it was, like, my goal to kind of meet other people also right. like make money but like meet people in the industry and there were certain cons that had marvel and like dc portfolio reviews mm -hmm. and um i remember i submitted my stuff to get reviews from them and they're very like um like limited like amount of people only get selected mm -hmm. and i was lucky enough to get selected for some of them and then i got my like portfolio reviewed by one of these editors uh, at Marvel. His name is Ricky Purden. Mm -hmm. He happened to also, I think, go to SBA, and so we kind of connected there. Okay. Um, so that's why I initially met him. And then, you know, um, usually they send like we like reconnect like after like emails and like I asked them if they can send me like sample pages or like sam sample scripts that I can do pages for, and then that kind of didn't lead anywhere because at the time I was also working on a different project so it was just hard to kind of set the time aside to do those sample pages but um, I think like a couple years later like a friend reintroduced me to him and then you know um, 
And then I think I was just waiting for the right project. Mm -hmm. And then one day I just got an email from like someone at Marvel asking like if I could do um, like five pages for like a book. Mm -hmm. And then I had to double check that email because I was like not sure if it was real or not. Uh, this um, must be fishing. Yeah. <laughs> Is this fake? <laughs> and so, um, yeah, that's like, I think they kind of keep you in mind as long as like you're a little bit pushy, like you kind of mm -hmm. send them emails to like remind them and then um, they kind of remember you for like, and then see if there's a project that fits. Because mm -hmm. they're not just going to give you like a Spider-Man book, right. you know, like the first project I did, I think was five pages mm -hmm. of a story and it was for the, um, the AAPI, uh, Marvel Voices issue. Mm -hmm. okay. And so it was very short, five pages, but it got my foot in the door right. and I started doing covers here and there. And then what was the next cover that you don't really quick? Yeah. You were mentioning cons. So for everybody watching or listening, cons is like comic cons mm -hmm. and they're kind of like the DC pen shows for comic books. So you would go there, you would get yourself a table mm -hmm. and you would pay to be there. Yeah. Right. And then you would just do sketches. People would be walking by buying cons. They'd see him and then he would submit a book like this with a bunch of his drawings like this one here is Dragon Ball Z this one here is Violet Evergarden Violet Evergarden I mean there's this is so he would submit this for review basically it's like an audition and the people at Marvel would look at it and they would critique it yeah they would tell me like what I would need to kind of work on but mm -hmm. um, yeah, they'll critique it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so then, <laughs> so what he was saying before is it's almost like an audition process where he doesn't get, everybody can't just submit to Marvel and get it looked at. So it's almost like they'll filter out a bunch of people that suck and then they get to the people that suck less, down to the people that don't suck, down to the people who are good, down to the people who are not just good but great, and then from there they pick the best of the best. So he was able to get his in, which is really awesome. Now, I wanted to ask you about once you, so you've been working for them for about two years, Marvel mm -hmm. Comics, right? Yeah. Tiger Division is a series that was released in November of 2022. And I purchased all five episodes, episodes, issues yes. of Tiger Division. I really, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And what I really like is it's a South Korean based superhero group. And it's not just a derivative of the X-Men, but there's a lot of Korean elements in the characters, right? So there's that, there's the Teguki, which means something in Korean, right? Is it just Korean flag? Yeah. I think. It's also the name of a movie that made me really sad about the Korean War. You know, so there's different characters and they take on traits of common characteristics of Korean people, which I think is great because you've never had that before. But how did you end up doing and being the guy for the Tiger Division? Um, so it started with doing like the five pages here, 10 pages there, mm -hmm. like a full issue. Um, I did the full issue for like the annual X-Men The Routers mm -hmm. issue. Um, and so they kind of got an idea of like how I can do like a full issue. Mm -hmm. And then that kind of just led into a full book. And so I think, um, you know, with this new project, Tiger Division is very like, you know, South Korean centered. So they wanted South Korean or just Korean creators, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, I think I was right for the job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and so 
yeah, they kind of just sent me an email asking, you know, if I'm able to work on this book. Mm-hmm. And it was like a Korean superhero team. And then, yeah. And these are these are characters that did not exist anywhere else before. Like the, in this mini series, it was it was completely done from scratch, right? No, so they were introduced. Um, the there was the Tiger Division without Teguki. Um, they were introduced, I think, in a Black Cat issue. Okay. Um, just like a couple pages, and then Teguki was introduced in an issue of Taskmaster. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then um, yeah, and then I think later they just combined it and then made it into its own series. I see. So, so what yeah. is the process of starting a comic book from beginning to end like? How long does it take? Because an average comic book is about 22 pages, right? Mm-hmm. So what's that process like? You have a blank sheet of paper, 11 by 17, mm-hmm. right? And how long does one page take you to sketch and then ink from start to finish, just for one single page? So it depends on what's happening on the page or how much there's to draw. Um, usually, I think I could do like a page of pencils in like a day or like half a day. And then inking usually takes like a full day, which could be like six to like 12 hours. Oh wow, wow. Yeah. so pencils take you about six hours. Yeah, pencils can, yeah. You can take me like three to six. Three to maybe. six hours and then inking is, it seems like that takes up more of the, more yeah. of the time. Cause because I'm inking my own stuff, I don't have to be so like detailed with my pencils. Mm-hmm. So I can kind of just like scribble, sketch, and then I'll have an idea of. I already know like. How yeah. To can you explain that to everybody watching and listening? When you say since you're inking your own stuff, you can be less detailed with your mm-hmm. pencils. So that means if say Marvel said, "Hey, we only want you to pencil. We don't want you to ink because we yeah. need you to pump out more pages in pencil." Does that mean now? I'm assuming that your pencils have to be near perfect so that way the person inking it doesn't have to interpret anything they do have to be more detailed um yeah it's like providing instructions for yeah. like this is what this should look like and you know like i guess maybe if you were also working with somebody for a lot longer like mm-hmm. if you're working with a certain anchor and you knew you guys had like a really good like vibe together that mm-hmm. like you could just send a, a page not like how you would do for yourself but then know that the other person was gonna but if you don't know then you know, you have to be very specific. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know if you caught this, but in the middle of issue three, there's another inker that starts inking my work. Oh, I didn't. I didn't yeah. know that. So for that, I was kind of running behind on schedule because I was taking very long uh, inking my own stuff. And um, we had to bring in another inker. And I, my pen, I had to spend more time on my pencils, mm-hmm. but in the end, it still saved a lot of time because I wasn't thinking. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be going back now and like looking at yeah, you're like well, where, my iPad where exactly so in that book did it transfer <laughs> over, yeah, and then yeah. you're gonna be like, oh, there it is. Yeah, I see it. Right. That's... So issue four and five are I just did the pencils for. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I but see. I think the inker um, he started to get used to like my work mm-hmm. and like what I was kind of like looking for in the inks, and so I think they get better because he gets a better feel for them right as we went on i see i want to talk a little bit about your tools because uh, as you may or may not know our podcast and our social media presence because we're tools that's why that's (laughs) where you're getting (laughs) 
you're told. So, you know, we're, we, we focus heavily in fountain pens and, you know, we're into art and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. one of the things that I've always done is when I drew or myself or when Tom draws, we use fountain pens to, to, ink. Yeah, to ink and stuff. Now, when we were chatting at one point in time, you said you don't use fountain pens, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. What was the reason for that? Um, there's a couple reasons. One of them is there... It's unpredictable to know when it's gonna like get splatter, like when it gets caught on the paper, mm-hmm. and it makes like a little like splatter. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that. There's um, the ink takes a lot longer to dry, mm-hmm. and then I think cleaning constantly cleaning the tip. Mm-hmm. Actually, it might be different because the fountain pens that I would use is a dip pen, mm-hmm. so you would constantly have to dip in the ink and then clean it and then mm-hmm. yeah. I will tell you from my own personal experience and that's how I had gotten the first taste of what a nib was like yeah. was was through the lens of doing it for like comic book art when I was in my teenage years. Yeah. And I ran into the same issue. Yeah. You were dipping in a in a bottle of Higgins fountain pen black ink <laughs> or whatever and these nibs were just they're super fine and what happens is if accidentally if you go up the wrong way it creates a spatter. It just like the, the tines just kind of like trip over their own feet and then they just and then yeah. just like it, I didn't mean to do that but it kind of looks cool but it's not really appropriate in yeah. this right. context right. so but then when I tried real fountain pens that mm-hmm. either contain their own ink and have like the iridium tip uh, nibs and stuff like that I was like oh well this is a lot different yeah this isn't this isn't like I remember with like my first experience with that where it was just kind of like a, a haphazard mess of, of, of like getting in trouble with that right. ink splattering everywhere. Do uh, the fountain pens have flexible tips? Some well? of them do. Oh really? Some of them do. Yeah. So the ones that have flexible tips are, they generally are more money. Yeah. Like for example, the the flexible tip fountain like pen. the pilot falcon oh, like wow. this is a pilot falcon this is a pilot falcon yeah this pen here is has a very flexible tip it's really? a 14 karat gold tip oh wow yeah I so feel like i can't even touch it <laughs> yeah so it, so it, it does it does bend a bit okay well, right. interesting so is that an extra fine or a fine it is an extra fine an extra fine so it gives you a very fine it doesn't give you the spatter as long as you know that when you're on the downstroke is when you do the pressure right yeah, not on the upstroke, right? What's you, the upstroke? So, like for example, this is a downstroke, right? If I'm writing my name R, mm-hmm. right, the downstroke is going down. Yeah. As I go sideways, I would not press down, press, okay. right? It's only gonna spread oh, going okay. down, right? So a lot of people like to use this for inking and stuff like that. Yeah. That's so really cool. you use micron pens. These are yeah. micron pens. Can you talk to me about why you use these? Like I'm looking at these band aids that are on here. Uh huh. Like, what's the, what's the story with these pens? Why so, do they have band-aids? I tend to grip my pens, like, really tight for some reason. Mm-hmm. And so it just helps it have a thicker um, width. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, like, holding on so tight with my fingers. Also, it's like a non-slip kind of thing. So it's just uh, a little bit more cushion. I see. So it's like if I'm pressing, you know, tightly on this pen, there's actually some, like, give. Mm-hmm. So it's... It's, yeah, it's just more for cushion and comfort. And I'm seeing that these have different tip sizes. Yeah, right. So I use the PN. Uh, I think it's a plastic nib. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a newer one, and it allows you to kind of get like some line variation. Mm, okay. uh, not like these, because um, the other microns, they're just very like 
they just have like a fine. nib. Yeah, they just have like one line width. Okay. Um, and yeah. this is your pencil case right here. Do you mind taking yeah. your, oh, no, yeah, your, sure. your tools I out? Let's took see. the main ones, oh, but that's a lot of the same stuff. Mm -hmm. um, this one I mm -hmm. used for a very long time is the Pentel Graph 1000. Mm. Um, I joke around that this is the Pencil of Destiny, mm. and it's almost like I've lent this to a lot of famous artists because oh, wow, they awesome. usually the bigger names they don't carry their own pencils and then i'm like sitting there at the cons and then i'm in a company uh called comic sketch art they they're my art reps for like conventions and stuff mm -hmm. and we have like some of the biggest names like greg capullo um, oh nice. wow and like, spawn mark silvestri is Go. part of our One group of my favorites yeah uh frank miller is part of our group oh wow and so we have like a bunch of artists and usually when they're at these cons and trying to do sketches they don't have like their own pencils so my company like my friends know to come up to me and ask because i have this pencil and i feel like if i let them use it i kind of steal their powers oh right kind of like a space jam that's how it works know? right yes absolutely so, so yeah what what is the process like let's say i you were going to schedule <laughs> sketch schedule sketch something right now uh -huh. do you start with a different pencil and okay move? so um i do have these lead holders mm -hmm. um basically the same my brother just got me this one um, but this is more like I have H lead in here mm -hmm. and so it's very light mm -hmm. um, so I could just get like a basic sketch down is that the two millimeter yes okay yeah. so um, I'll just do a basic sketch with this and then I will go in with this one I think this is a Kurotoga um, yep. yeah um, this one's just HB I mm -hmm. believe and then I'll just start detailing with this and that's how I'll like get my pencil sketch down. Mm -hmm. um, I do have this one, which is a zero three. Mm -hmm. um, I use this when I did final pencils. So like when I was doing the pencils for like Tiger Division, mm -hmm. and I had to do like detailed pencils for the inker, I would use this as like almost like the inking tool, mm -hmm. but in pencils. And is that a softer lead? This yeah. is also yeah also softer as in like. Um, it'll go darker. Oh, okay, yeah. so it's not so it's not an H lead. It's like probably it's like a two B. Oh, two B. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Um, and Sketch that, on paper, test paper, yeah. pencil. Mm -hmm. And so the zero three would help me get like the really fine details. Um, yeah. And then and I like the Kurotogas because they when you when you're using them like every time you lift the the pencil, yeah, they rot it rotates the yeah. lead so it doesn't like get that flat edge on the lead. That you that get would that make thinner the, line. Yeah, it always keeps a very thin line. How is that possible? So, if you look here, uh -huh. um, it kind of has a give, and then oh. this will like this will rotate. Oh wow, that's a lot of and so, engineering into it. Yeah, they, they're actually surprisingly inexpensive for as awesome as they wow, are. That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the reason we, we want to get into the tools, and I want to thank our sponsors, Gold Spot Pens and Luxury Brands of America, is because we just want to we brought some stuff from toys for you okay mm -hmm. starting with the the reveal of the pilot falcon yes right the pilot falcon has an msrp of what is it are you going to test me right now because i yes. don't have this <laughs> encyclopedic knowledge right it, it, i think they're a, about they're over 250 right they're about there, 250 dollars and it, and these are very popular pens for artists in the fountain pen okay. industry we're not telling you to use this when you're doing your mm -hmm. stuff but if you're messing around yeah you know this is one of the pens that you brought for him, right? Yes. Oh, right? Thank you. But the thing is, a pen is useless without ink. Oh, that it is. But then also, too, is that we had the pencil. This is from uh, Bryce had sent this. This is a, a platinum pro use pencil. 
Yeah, maybe I can. The pencil, I think, that is is something. So Platinum makes great pencils. Uh -huh. Platinum is a Japanese company, right? Oh, this looks really cool. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't know what kind of lead it is. I don't know much about pencils or anything like that. But Bryce is our is our buddy from Luxury Brands of America. He's a distributor for a lot of brands. Everybody who's watching this or listening, they, like they know who Bryce this. is. They know who Luxury Brands is. You may not. But this is a pencil that we hope that you can find useful oh, thank you when, so much. when doing your amazing art. And over here, what is that, Tom? This is the newest uh, release of ink from Platinum. It is the Chukuro. I think it's pronounced that way, but it's a it's the blackest of black inks. Oh, wow. So, and it's also it's also permanent too. Archival, permanent? archival type permanent comes in a very fancy looking box. And wow. it's it's like it's supposedly more black than the regular platinum carbon black, which already has kind of a reputation of use with artists mm -hmm. like carbon black does. But when you compare both of these blacks together, this is even like darker. Oh wow! Of a, right. of a so it's too. so black and it's permanent, meaning once it dries and sets into the paper. It, it won't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. So like if you're writing checks or you're doing something like art, you have to let it dry because otherwise if you erase over it and it's not dry, you know what happens. Yeah. It's going to smear. But this one is so black, it's it's like it'll suck. Like if we open the bottle, it'll suck in all the light <laughs> and then we'll just get sucked into infinity. Is it a matte finish or... I don't know. We're, we're probably going to see, right? Okay. All right. Gonna, Maybe. We could do like a little bit of like a demonstration. Like a demo. yeah. yeah. So this is what you would fill that fountain pen with. Yes. Right? So... When you're not doing a page that can get screwed up, mm -hmm. you know, and you want to just mess around, that's there for you. What else? What else we got in there? The other thing on here would be the paper aspect, oh, which wow. would be this is a endless. They call it, I think, the uh, creative block. Yes, the creative block. <laughs> they call it the creative block, and it's a tear away notepad that's got fountain pen friendly paper on it. So this is also so it's resistant to ink. It's not going to bleed through or ghost and stuff. Exactly. So yeah, let's get rid of this. <laughs> <laughs> but this may be it's it's got like a little bit more of a tooth than let's say a smooth Bristol board mm -hmm. type of thing or like a typical comic page would I think. Yeah. But it handles all the fountain penning. So you could like let's say do a sketch and then do like washes over it and the page is not gonna buckle at all. Oh, okay. It's gonna stay pretty smooth and, mm -hmm. and fairly yeah. So it's a it, this is a it's pretty nice. It's a it's a good solid paper for, for mostly for fountain pen use, but yeah. you know, for, for illustrations I think it works well too. Yeah. So who's that from? Is that from This is from from Bryce as well. So oh. yeah. Oh so, that's right. Bryce is distributing yeah. for for, for endless, uh, yeah, endless. I forgot about that. So we have to talk too. about it every week on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So this is just some of the stuff that Goldspot and uh, Luxury Brands and and myself, even though it's not for me, I just I just call them up and be like, hey, give me some stuff, <laughs> and they make it happen. So you know, we're very honored and happy to have you on the show, and we're gonna take a little bit of a break, and then when we come back, we're gonna we're gonna do a draw off, right? But we can't make things too easy for you. Right, Why so not? <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna we're, maybe you could rock this. Or yeah, maybe, I can definitely use these tools. Yeah, and then give it, give it a shot. You know, let's yeah. see. So we're throwing in some variables. And do you guys do like giveaways on your podcast? Maybe I can do a giveaway of the. Oh, that would be fantastic! Yeah, yeah, we definitely do giveaways. We if if something happens and 
you know, if we have something to give away. A lot of times it's usually me giving away his stuff. Uh, okay. From Goldspot. <laughs> he's, he's more or less thinking that with the product that's going to end up coming out, it's not like giveawayable, but I think it will be. I think it will be. I absolutely think so. Yeah. So I brought my pencil. This is my, my personal pencil that I use. If you don't mind, can you use this one? Yeah, sure. It's like I steal your... <laughs> What's that? Steal your talent. <laughs> I, I actually think that if I use it, uh, it'll like... Maybe it'll make you better. Maybe it'll make you better. But <laughs> you'll I'm you'll use all the talent that it's stolen. Like I, my concern is if I use this one, and then you get it back, you're going to be sitting there drawing, and then you're just going to have like spasms. Like, you'll have taken my ADHD. Also, also he tends to be very, like heavy-handed when it comes to using oh, things no, so no, all of a sudden no. he's going to hand that back to you it's going to have like a smooshed like point something <laughs> like a bend. It's just no, like... be very careful. but yeah when we come back we're going to draw captain america we're going to take a, a wheelie break and everything like that and not yeah. all together though what's that no no, no. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay. that's the camaraderie right all right all right so we're going to take a real quick break all right so everybody listening i just want you to know that the rest of the episode which is about an hour and a half long is just us drawing and bantering while we draw i don't really think that this is appropriate for a audio format so i urge everybody and recommend everybody make sure you guys go over to my youtube channel to watch the rest of the episode where we are drawing and we're catching video of Chris doing his art and teaching us how to draw. But as for this episode, this is going to be the end of the audio segment of the Entertainment Podcast episode number 174. So please make sure you check out the YouTube channel so you can actually watch the drawing demonstration and art lesson that's happening. It was an excellent time. Thanks again for joining us. I love you guys. Be well, be safe. <laughs>